Welcome to episode 97 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong, Run to PB coach, and alongside me each and every week is fellow Run to B coach and just all-round legend, really, Zach Newman, who's fresh off a double win over the weekend. Not only did his beloved Essendon Bombers get the chocolates over the Saints, I think their third win for the year, but Zacha also put me to the sword at Cruden Farm over 12Ks. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, enjoying these intros, mate. It's uh, you've got that intro voice. It's um, yeah, just very nice to hear, mate. I'm just listening in, thinking, yeah, he sounds pretty smooth. Uh, just working on my radio voice. We might give away <laughs> some cold hard cats later on in the show. <laughs> oh, good stuff, mate. Yeah, you got to get, get a gig up at the uh, local Shepherd and Radio Station. Yeah. No, look- <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is a community radio station in town and, um, look, we might, maybe we can get our very own radio show happening there once a week. It'll probably be on like a Thursday at 11am, but, um, Hey, you got to start somewhere, don't you? You do, mate. And, uh, no, thank you for the intro. I enjoyed that you had the bombers in there and, um, yeah, looks like you neglected to, um, mention how the D's are going. No, we're just coming off the buy. Um, boys have had a chance to freshen up. <laughs> so um yeah no there was certainly there was no disappointment for me on the footy front this week so it's all about celebrating others and being happy for, for other teams winning it um oh yeah no no dinners at um in south yarra for the for the days this weekend no no just um quite <laughs> i think i think a few of the boys got away to the snow um which okay. is typically where our supporters go um, <laughs> at this time of year but um no i think enjoyed a bit of downtime and big game against Brisbane this week. Nice one. Well, you haven't tuned into a footy podcast, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, we will talk running and we've got a big, big show lined up, mate. We're going to, uh, we're going to chat about uh, our little jewel over at Cruden Farm. Mate, that was uh, an interesting call. Your debut there. Yeah. First time to Cruden Farm. Um, wasn't sure if I was actually going to get there at one point, but um, we can touch on that later on. But. Oh, yeah, you were cutting fine when I saw you. Well, um, yeah. You were. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon once again we might have uh, crossed paths in the, um, in the Portaloo line as well. Every chance, like, yeah, <laughs> every chance that happened. Now we've got uh, so another bit of a, a wraparound crew farm. Um, new segment this week. Um, for those that have tuned in for our chat, really sorry that got the flick. <laughs> um, that is not backed by popular demand. Um, got a few, got a few people that we want to celebrate and highlight, don't we, mate? We do, mate. We've got the hero section coming. That'll be good. Uh, also, mate, we're going to chat Gold Coast. Two weeks, uh, well, less than that now, isn't it? We're mm. um, we're getting bloody close, and uh, what well, we're recording this on Wednesday, so yeah, geez, in a week's time, there'll be a few people that'll probably be jumping on a plane. I reckon getting up there um, early and getting ready to to get around for that festival. It's uh, it's been absent for a few years. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I've been doing a bit of reading on some travel because it's been a while since I've actually been on a plane. And mm. pro tip I'm getting is that anything that you really desperately don't want to lose, make sure that's in your carry on because there's a lot of bags going missing at the moment. So um, oh, yeah. be um, guaranteeing that my race kit will definitely be um, sitting in my carry on on the way to, to Gold Coast next week. I reckon you're going to see a lot of people at the airport with the uh, those Nike spike bags or the you know the ones you get with the four percenters or um, uh-huh. it, yeah, your singlet in there, your gels, yeah, <laughs> everything just packed in there. I, I you know you can you can uh, lose my board shorts, but not the vapor flies. Mate, that that's going to be me. I reckon I'm going to see if I can get two of them and sew them together. <laughs> so I have to make sure I've got enough room for all my shoes and all the bags. Oh yeah, knowing how many. Um, shoes you usually take to a race and decide on and you know you've got your your walking shoes and your warm-up shoes and your stride shoes and then your then your faster warm-up shoes and your race shoes you'll you'll, <laughs> you'll probably need um you might need to pay for another seat so you can take the extra baggage on mate mate sometimes one bag's just not enough that's <laughs> <laughs> just how i roll uh, uh, nice mate no, looking forward to a bit of gold coast chat uh let's go to cruden or do you want to what about race week mate did you i think we must have chatted about maybe a tune-up session so you probably didn't do we probably both didn't do too much before cruden we were both um trying to get ourselves up and about for it yeah i think between the two of us i mean if anyone has bothered to go back and have a look at strather i'll be honest it's very unimpressive <laughs> yeah. for, both, for both of us I'll, <laughs> I'll save you the time all we did was jog yeah um I didn't cut my Ks this week at all. So, um, yeah, it was just easy, easy running, but the same stuff that I do um, normally. So 35 easy on Monday, 12K easy Tuesday, um, strength on Wednesday, then 14K on Thursday, you know, rest day on Friday, and then bang, over to Cruden. And, you know, I noticed you had a couple of down days after Launceston, mate, and then just sort of took it pretty easy for most of the week. Yeah, yeah, I think all my runs have gone up, but um, yeah, I ran it every day, so yeah, just kept kept it pretty cruisy off the back of uh, Lonnie. Hey, question for you, um, for as we talk about you going to Cruden and the big drive you had, do you do a, a shakeout run in the morning, or do you just um, because I know the races are, you know, we what do we start at two o'clock or something on uh, one fifty on Saturday, and you have what three hours or three and a half hours for you. Yeah, um, I was sort of, yeah, Saturday was an interesting day. But, yeah, I, I do, I always do try and do a shakeout. Um, so for this Saturday, because we did have to leave pretty early, just mm. went and caught up with Anna and jumped into her warm-up um, before mm. her session. So, um, yeah, it was just like three, three and a half K, um, nice and gentle. And that was yeah. sort of enough just to turn the body over and at least help wake up a little bit as well. Cause, yeah. Um, Saturday, we left home just after seven o'clock. So we had a funeral to go to um, right. you know, early on the Saturday morning. So um, just down in sunshine. So yeah, popped it, popped in for that one. And then, yeah, I think by the time we got to Cruden, we'd spent the best part of about four hours, three and a half to four hours in the car. So um, yeah, it was nice to, to be able to do a bit of a shakeout job in the morning. What about yourself, mate? Did you go on, do you on turn them over for a little bit early on? Or? Nah, because oh, look, for me, I'm pretty lucky with an event like Cruden. It's only 40, probably 40 minutes in the car. So um, a 150 start, I, you know, I, I um, 
I walked to the coffee shop and grabbed a coffee in the morning and did a few things um, through the day. But yeah, I, I don't really need. If I was driving, like, it's, um, it's different when if I was going three hours later on and knowing I was going to be sitting in the car, I'd probably want to have something, maybe of just yeah, working the legs up a bit more. But yeah, I've got the luxury of being pretty close. But you, how did you? We cut it fine in the end, weren't you? Yeah, um, we were <laughs> cutting it fine. Um, I'll put my hand up and say that I was chiefly responsible for navigation on the way to Cruden Farm, and there's a few roadworks um, along the freeway on you know South Gippsland Highway there, and um, probably got to a couple of turnoffs where the GPS is going. Yep, got your um, exit coming up here, and. I'm like, no, 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 that's, you know, that's still ages away. We don't need to merge or, you know, get over just yet. And um, little to little did I know that um, most of where I thought we'd be able to turn up was all concrete barricaded. So, um, yeah, we had just um, kept going along along the freeway, which I think added about 20 minutes okay. um, to the trip. And we'd sort of allowed ourselves five or 10 minutes to maybe, you know, stop and use a um, toilet at a servo or something like that. But, um by the time the 20 minutes had passed, and I drank a fair bit of water by this stage, um, getting very nervous as we get in the crude farm because having never been there mm. and sort of not seeing, like, you, you know, you don't see too many road signs that say, hey, crude farm, 10K. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not like it's just you don't really know yeah. how far away you are. So just kind of hoping that um, what I'd actually put into the GPS was correct. But um, we just got to the stage where I think we were about 45 or 50 minutes um, away from race start time and um, was thinking ahead going, there's probably already a line for the toilet. And I was every time I moved in the car and the seatbelt pushed, it was very uncomfortable. So we had to make an emergency stop uh, at Macca's <laughs> about 2K down the road from the yeah, well. um, Mind you, I was still dressed in my... Um, in my suit from the funeral so i've gone in there and sort of hunched over i couldn't even run i was bursting that much <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i ducked into the bathroom and, and got changed and um, felt a lot of relief um yeah but yeah walked out of the macca's bathroom in um half tights and my and my race singlet <laughs> and i've um, got, got a few odd looks from her. like bloody um superman going into the booth Oh mate, um, it was just the only. It was just disappointing that it was nothing impressive walking out of there. It was just who's this skinny man walking out with barely any clothes on? Yeah, well, so um, plenty no, weird, pretty weird and interesting sights usually at a Macca's on a on a Saturday morning, no doubt. Yeah, I think um, I probably yeah in the afternoon. Like that's a really good time for families who have just finished playing sport. You know, and they probably wouldn't expect to see too many. Um, strange sights but yeah here I was just stumbling <laughs> out of the bathroom like I didn't yeah, even, yeah it was um not great <laughs> but um it is about poor old Nora she was there as well she was getting changed in the car because she didn't yeah. want to slum it like I did in the in the bathroom <laughs> at Macca's but um anyway um we we eventually made it to Cruden Farm and when we got there there was a I won't say he's a security guard parking attendant but um mm. He was doing the the double waved arms like no deal. This she's <laughs> oh, no deal. No, no no parking available. I'm like oh shit, where are we going to put the car? So um, we followed a few cars um, basically up into this housing estate and just stuck it on it you know in front of a bit of garden on the side <laughs> of the road. So um, yeah, but anyway, it was a very brisk walk. Um, and I think that's like the 
saw the Bendigo tent, dropped my stuff there, and then looked. I think I had about 35 minutes. I thought, oh, I better go and line up for the toilet now. And yeah, by the time I got to the front, I actually needed to go again. So I think that's where we bumped into each other, mate. Yeah. How is Nora holding up in this uh, after obviously um, some of your co pilot work? And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and you're both racing. So, you know, there's that level of tension when you're racing. Like, it just, you never, yeah, you never quite relax, um, you know, as, as no. much as you want to get to a race and you don't want to feel good and you know but when these sort of extra layers of stress that you don't think are going to happen <laughs> i think um, um to, yeah. if i was being honest i'd say she was a little bit grumpy um, <laughs> I, and i did feel a little bit of that directed at me. <laughs> um you know and fair enough too i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that but um because she's still being an um, invitational runner um she had to go and pick up a bib again so mm. um she doesn't have like a set of bibs that you you bring along that yeah, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, she went and picked the bib up and um, I mean, look, full, full credit to AV. It was really slick set up there, very easy to find everything. And mm. yeah, like it um, it all went pretty well. But yeah, once we got there, it was great. It was just the actual getting there. Yeah. Bit that, um, yeah, a bit stressful. But um, you had a, a much easier time getting there, I believe, mate. I did. And um, yeah, we were all set up. The, the Melbourne Uni tent was set up and we were all pre-fired up for it it was uh, i got there yeah and was did a warm-up did uh i had scoped out made sure that uh that that uh notorious mud pit wasn't wasn't included and it was confirmed it wasn't uh didn't see the logs but um in the end they the logs were very small and uh, i was pretty happy with that i was surprised um a few people didn't take them and take them home and put on the fire though that's us <laughs> i don't really understand the concept of them they were kind of just token logs that uh you could almost for me i was i felt like i was a steeply going over them i was clearing them so well <laughs> they're good for the confidence yeah i saw those <laughs> and um so oh, i could actually run like sort of go between them almost um or you know just around them so yeah, I think um, it was one of those ones that sounded great in theory, but um, yeah, like probably the only way that they would have been an obstacle was maybe in that first lap if you were sort of bunched up behind people and didn't see yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, otherwise, yeah, like when, when I heard logs, I'm thinking like something that I'm actually going to maybe have to step on, jump over. And <laughs> um, like, oh, oh, someone's dropped. <laughs> I wonder uh, if they've actually purposefully dug them in or, or what's happening. <laughs> In yeah. previous cross countries, yeah, we've, you know, that we've had some gates and we've had, you know, ditches and we've had some some things that, yeah, you, you know, for me, I've had to bloody, you know, get a, get a stepladder out to get over. And uh, I was very happy that these were um, much easier to navigate over. And look, um, to, to be fair, with the course, I reckon it, I mean, we didn't really need the novelty of the logs because of all the rain that, um, mm. that we'd had. There was plenty of mud, and that you, I really noticed the course deteriorate over yeah. the course of the race, and and for me that's a good thing. You know, I, mm. I want it to to deteriorate. So I mean, I, I saw some footage of some cross country races in other states over the weekend, and it looked like they were just running on a flat, pristine golf course. Like, yeah, that looks like they had the heavy roller out on uh, <laughs> yeah. the South Wales one. Yeah, that was so. Um, um, I mean, half their luck, but I mean, that's not cross country. No. 
No, we um we saw Nick McDermott runs a BB legend and uh the English background and uh he was he was loving it, you know. He said, Oh, yeah, it's a bit of mud. This is what true cross country is like. So um yeah, I think Cruden's notoriously yeah, had that mud element and we've had that uh, feeling like a you know proper cross country. And yeah, it's probably the main course that offers that, I think. Yeah, and you almost had to for me anyway, I found I had to vary my line a little bit um, mm. each lap because sort of the popular one really did get quite cut up as the race wore on. So um, there was a, probably a little bit firmer footing just going out slightly wider. And this was the, probably the first course I've noticed where they'd sort of cut or sort of mown the lawn a little bit so you could see where you were going. Yeah. Whereas, um, Bendigo and Gels, it was just, um, you know, follow the flags pretty much. Yeah, it was. And also that other element of, uh, yeah, a mass start, males and females together, that was unique. Yeah. That before uh, XCR. Yeah, um, it was the, interesting. The road races we have. Yeah. Like 10K yeah. road race, definitely. But, um, yeah, everyone starting on the line. It, uh, how did you go with it getting your start place? Did you – because I, I actually went back a bit into the field because, um, yeah, just sort of sat back knowing that I was going to work into it and knowing that, that it was going to be bloody carnage at the start, to be honest. Yeah. And <laughs> I was lining up and I uh, got a tap on the shoulder from uh, from Run to BB legend Charles Jacobson. And uh, <laughs> we, we had a quick chat and uh, as the gun went off, we were, we were running next to each other. But it was, it was kind of cool, like – seeing that massive and there was a couple of awesome photos that were floating around of that huge start it does look very cool uh, like i know it's not quite on the same level as the ncaa <laughs> um, cross country where everyone's pretty much in single file spread out all across across the field but um no it was it was a very impressive sight and i think like for me i probably seated myself a little bit too far back but by the same, you know, very similar to yourself, mate. I wanted to make a bit of a conservative start and just make sure I didn't get caught up in any nonsense early. So, um, but I found probably about 200 metres in um, where we sort of got to a bit of mud and all the people um, in front of me probably weren't, um, you know, they may have seated themselves a little bit forward of where they needed to be. Um, where they got to the mud and it just comes to a standstill. It was sort of standing yeah. around look, looking at each other. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, once we tiptoed that out of the way, um, yeah, I mean, look, for me, I, I don't think it really cost me any time in the, in the over the course of the run because it just mean I had a little bit more to, to use up over that last lap. But um, mm. yeah, I probably found myself feeling like I was a bit stuck in traffic for that first 2K. How did you go navigating that sort of first Yeah, I was a little bit in traffic early but then it's it's spaced out nicely uh and i was i actually probably used the first lap as a recce like i was just trying to work out what the course offered like where i was going to be able to work it and i had the um <laughs> i had the four percenters on the old the og four percenters um because i was towing up between a few different shoes and i thought these ones would offer um I wasn't going to go to the waffles. It was just going to be too, I'd be too banged up off that 10K. And it, it was not a bad choice, although I'll probably chat a little bit later about what happened towards the end where I was uh, slipping and sliding. But uh, that alone was, yeah, that first lap for me was just like get my bearings, find out where the, where the muddy parts are on the course, 
uh, where I can work it. And I tended to yeah use that first lap to get going. I, I had no idea where you were. I didn't even see you at the start. Uh, just had, no, it was just a bit chaotic at the start. So I just was just right running thinking, Chris must be well ahead of me here. I, I, I don't know where you are. Um, so that was, that was kind of cool to see all that unfold and just being able to watch the race um, as well to see how other people were going and yeah, run alongside some, some teammates. Uh, you had the spikes on days, didn't you, mate? Yeah, no, I wore the spikes for this one. Um, when I got a bit of an idea of how much mud was out there, um, thought that the spikes might be the way to go. And I just hoped that um, 12Ks in the spikes wasn't going to be something that absolutely destroyed me. But, um, yeah, it turned out, came for me anyway, to be the right call that um, I probably had some Achilles awareness um, in the hour or so after but. Yeah, no, no issues now. My calves are still fatigued mm. from the run, but um, yeah, like that's just, just general muscle fatigue. No sort of tight spots or little niggles or anything like that, which is awesome. So um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of the dragonfly yeah. uh, in terms of a cross-country spike. Because if someone had told me at the start of the year I would be able to get away with wearing a spike for 12 kilometres, mm. um, I'd probably think I was riding a bike with them on because that would be the only other way I could imagine get that far without um, hurting myself. But um, yeah, went went the spikes and um, yeah, they started out sort of a yellowish color and they finished very brown. <laughs> they were they were completely covered in mud. Um, they've had a wash now and they've actually come up all right. But um, yeah, there was um, what I and you know and even probably there was one stage where I think I just put the spikes on and I was doing some strides and going oh I just I didn't think it was muddy there and stood stood over and had a look and yeah here I was bloody one of my spikes just gone to a big pile of cow shit so <laughs> I'm like, oh, please don't tell me it's gonna be the day like this <laughs> um yeah so how about no, going no. through that uh, start finish area where there was a big mud pit I mean that that was <laughs> I went through there, I reckon, the second lap, and there was a guy, uh, a Frankston singlet, just wandering around looking for a shoe. <laughs> and it was, um, it was Scooter. So, um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And, yeah, he'd lost his shoe and, um, yeah, he got back on. And I know Harry Smith is also uh, since Steven. So, Scotty Vance is Scooter, sorry. Um, Scotty went to, oh, back in the day, I reckon he went to a World or maybe an Ekaden. He might have had an Ekaden. He's an absolute talent. Um, yeah, he's still running out at Frankston. And, yeah, he, he lost his spike, put it back on. But, yeah, he was he was, he was causing a bit of mayhem as people were trying to get around him as he, as he sort of stopped, um, you know, looked for that, that spike. And, and was, yeah, the Harry mud through there his. was thick. Yeah, it really, it really disrupted your rhythm. Uh, you just had – you were just like going through quicksand. Yeah, and that, that's probably what it, I mean, it really felt like that like soft beach sand to where mm. you just couldn't get any drive at all. Yeah. Um, and like the, if you could find a firm spot, like you'd sort of look at it and think, oh, it doesn't look too bad. So mm. you'd sort of think, oh, I'll be okay. And then three or four steps in and then, I don't know about you, mate, but my hips just got the wobbles. I was like, oh, yeah. hang on. <laughs> Shit. If you've done the core work, the stability, it's, uh, it, was, it was nice in that section, I reckon, if you were pretty strong through there. But it was another section up near the, uh, the logs. There was a downhill into a corner. There was a little bit of mud there. And you just had to, as you did each lap, just, just run your lines and, and 
kind of work out which is the best way to go yeah it was sort of um there were sections on course where it really favored like if you had you know whether it was four percenters or um vapor flies and stuff like that like there were sections of the course where you really could fly but you know yeah um conversely where it sort of got pretty soft and muddy if you had those shoes on that's when it sort of would have made it really difficult and i know for me like the spikes really helped um with the traction and sort of navigating the mud but on that sort of firmer stuff mm. um sort of and that's when i could probably feel the calves fatigue a bit more so on things like downhills and, and that sort of thing, I actually relaxed and just tried to run quite smooth and easy. And it was sort of the uphills and, um, you know, where it was a little bit softer, where I, I don't think that I necessarily tried any harder, but that's where I felt like I was actually making up ground on people. Mm. Yeah, I I guess I was being in the 4%, I was just using the flat, hard sections to really work. So I was almost like a fart. Like once I got on there, I felt really comfortable on foot, just pushed hard. And then, um, and that's probably how that worked pretty well for me because I could sort of see some people ahead and go, okay, let's, in this section, let's try and push and, and get ahead of them and then um, you know, kind of work through the, the muddy sections. And I reckon... Yeah, where did you call out for me? Because <laughs> that was that was when I was like, "Where's Chris? I'm hunting, I'm hunting." And then I've just heard someone go, "Oh, go Zaka," and I've looked over and it was you. <laughs> yeah, I thought, no, I think um, that was about where it was about three k's into the loop, and I reckon mm. it would have been the second lap. Yeah, I reckon. Um, and yeah, you were a good probably forty seconds ahead of me mm. at that point. It's sort of where the course doubles back on the other side of that barbed wire fence that's right yeah you definitely blew your cover there mate because uh <laughs> so the sneak attack was coming but i was yeah. going up you know that section there that's where i was struggling with the four percent going up the muddy hill because it <laughs> i felt like i was back you know remember the the 90s gladiator show or 90s oh yeah with like the going up with the trailer, <laughs> exactly what i felt like and i just was like just mm. couldn't get going up it and then once i got on the top i was just fine but yeah, but yeah. Once I heard your voice, oh, okay, I, I, I've got some visibility. I know where Chris is now, and um, yeah, it was it was good to see you out there, mate. It's always good when you get a cheer. Yeah, and no, I thought, oh, like I, I was probably at that stage thought, no, nah, there's no chance I'm catching you because <laughs> I sort of I was able to see you for most of the way on the first lap, and then the second lap, so I sort of lost sight of you, and then um, was able to see you sort of at that point there when I called out, but and I thought, oh. You're going to have to, like, I'm going to have to see a lot more of you um, throughout, you know, the next couple of K if I'm going to catch you. But no, you just kept, um, like, I think you, you're a consistent four or five seconds a K faster than me pretty much from the go. So, um, yeah, like, you just kept stretching that margin. I think um, you finished, like, was it in the low, low 80s overall? Yeah, I uh, check, but yeah, I think it was 80. One or eighty-two. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, there was a few runs of BB coaches out there. Sammy, uh, <laughs> Sammy the shoe dog gave me a bit of a spray when I. I well, I, I may have instigated. I said, "Look, mate, I'm sorry about the shoes in advance." <laughs> so I went past him, and he he said uh, he was running with um, what he termed with a shoe puppy. <laughs> he said, "This is the shoe puppy. I'm the shoe dog." It was his apprentice, uh, another bloke who worked at the running company. And uh, yeah, I think they both just shook their head and said, what are you doing out here in these shoes? <laughs> um, 
and then Andy Buchanan, like I, I saw him, maybe saw him warming up and then did not see him because he was that far ahead of the field taking out the win. Unbelievable form on the cross country. So uh, Andy Buchanan was out there. I reckon Jack Davies, I saw a photo. This is the thing. There were so many people out there. I think Jack was out there. Obviously, Brady had, a, had another blinder of a run. Yeah, it was pretty cool to toe the line with some, um, with some coaches as well. Yeah, and no, I think um, Andy, when I caught up with Andy after the race, he didn't have any mud on him. Yeah, so, he, he doesn't have, he never gets any mud. Do you, do you reckon he actually does the course? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of photos of him, but I just feel like he's like the way he does it, he's, he just he doesn't even break a sweat. Well, I think um, um, having a look at it, like Andy, Andy ran, I think he averaged 301s or 302s yeah, on, on the course. And he was that. clean. He didn't have any yeah. mud on his socks. Like, yeah, um, But I will give him, he did towel us up by a fair margin. So he probably had time to get changed by the time. Yeah, that's so, Yeah, okay. Um, Maybe that's but, what he does. Maybe like halfway through, the, he's that far ahead, has a good shower and then um, gets back going. Because <laughs> I think he, um, didn't he? <laughs> He, he won by about 45 seconds. I yeah. Think. It's, um, uh, which is a pretty comfortable margin. Yes. Uh, awesome. Awesome to watch. And you, yeah, if you catch the vision on um, Aspic TV, you can just see him in, in action. It's um, quite, quite good viewing to see, see the guy at full flight. It almost looks like he's not trying. Like he no. just looks that smooth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, mate. Good day out. Good good debut for you at Cruden. You'll be you'll be back for some more next year. Yeah, no, certainly certainly intend to. Um, yeah, sort of. I'm happy with how I did in a sense that I don't think I could have done any better on the day. But in terms of looking at it as a result, like I don't really know if it's a good result because I'm sort of like, well, am I finishing where I'm supposed to be finishing? You know, is that sort of because I look at that time and think, well, for me, it was half marathon effort. And I'd be pretty stoked if I could run a half marathon around that pace. So aim to see. But I guess I don't know enough about um, the other competitors or the sort of days that they had and what they were trying to do to really get a proper gauge on whether it's good relative to other people. And look, to be honest, it probably doesn't matter. But um, yeah. yeah, it's probably something that I've been curious about. But um, yeah, I think... All in all, I'm, I'm getting out of, I'm getting the things out of cross country that I do want to get out of that I feel like I am absorbing it. I feel like I'm getting stronger. Uh, I'm enjoying it because I think that's the main thing. I, I'm really loving it. It's a new challenge. It's way different to track or road. Um, and I'm just learning that you need to be a lot more patient, um, you know, with cross country. It's not something that, um, you know, I think the people that do get out hard and maybe are a bit ambitious, they really do pay the price for it over the second half of the course. So, yeah, it's um, you know, it's, it's very, been really good. Very effort driven cross. Like I, you, you just literally you don't look at your watch. You're just running, and you've got packs ahead, groups ahead, and you're working as hard as you can to sort of just keep getting through to the next section. Uh, hmm. That's how I was attacked. So when I, I yeah, pace wise, you just you don't really know. I mean. I don't even know what did we average at uh, the Bendigo race. Probably, possibly similar. Um, yeah, for me it, it was similar, um, mm. but I, like much shorter course, so eight days, yeah. but at the same pace, and we were both completely washed at the finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just it. Yeah, 
Uh, and I think you're going to really enjoy getting on the road off the back as a strong cross-country running. Like, yeah, it's Chaniel, um, it's Chaniel, a guy who hadn't done cross for a little while. And, um, yeah, he was just like, oh, I was just, you know, stoked to – I was – it was <laughs> that guy was Sammy. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was – and we both, both just said, mate, you mm. do not get any – you do not get unfit for doing this. You know, you, you, you cannot get in, you cannot come away from a cross country, 12K cross country and not have any gains when you can't replicate that in a, in a session. Like if you were to go on a Saturday and try and do that as, as part of your workout, you just wouldn't get that feeling. So I think it's good to, to suit up and do it and put yourself in the, you know, out of your comfort zone on, in these cross country races. Yeah, that's it. And even just fire the competitive juices up and get out. You know, see some new faces. You know, catch up with some, with some people, and yeah, I mean, it was just a really good social day as well. Few, um, I know we mentioned the coaches. That uh, a couple of names that we saw. We obviously caught up with Nick McDermott after the race. I saw Charles. You said uh, Chris Timewell was out there. Yeah, Chris Timewell was there. Um, Amy McCormick. Uh, it was funny. It was um, <laughs> I saw Amy on the start line, and it was a year to the day that I'd actually um, met Amy, where we paced each other on the track for five k <laughs> in Shep. So, yeah, yeah we got a quick, quick fellow Melbourne Uni runner, Zaka. She is a fellow uh, Melbourne Uni runner, coached by Sophie Fit, and yeah. Had a, had a bit of a dig at so said hey where's so you know she's trying to get me out of here every week for uh cross country but no sign and uh we yeah. quickly told so that uh she's been told to get out there and race them because they're good for her and uh yeah so is <laughs> so it's <laughs> like yeah yeah got work got work you yeah. know. do as i say not as i do okay <laughs> <laughs> no we we have on good authority that so some um, so I've planned to get back out to the XCR on the road. No, so. She's not she's not far away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Nathan Stoke was out there. He was, geez, he, he had a blind. Was he fourth in there? Yeah, fourth overall for Nathan. Fourth, Brady. Another strong run from him. Andy, obviously, we mentioned him. Glenn McMillan, he's in cracking form. Um, yeah, I think um, Glenn finished in the like, 35th or something like that, his first um, top 50 result uh, at an AV event. So he was yeah, very yeah. excited. Yeah, he's flying. Uh, he'll be up at the Gold Coast doing uh, 10, I believe, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milko, Luke Millard, coached yeah. by Andy. He was flying uh, yeah, flying around for the Benigo Bat. So, yeah, always good to see um, yeah, uh, some run to PBA legends. And, of course, uh, one of my guys, Treves, uh, mentioned Treves a few times. He uh, he smoked it, mate. Ran a couple of minutes quicker than previous run at Cruden, and uh, we had a good chat after and uh, started to hatch a plan towards Melbourne Marathon, which will be exciting. He's uh, he's run a marathon before, but this is he's in the form of his life, so we're gonna we're gonna have a tilt at that. Uh, good stuff. And you pulled up all right the next day, mate. Your long run. I did, yeah. I pulled up pretty good. Like, I we actually had in our group, most of us had actually had run Cruden there. We had the Earls, well, one of the Earls had run with the, the double Earl, um, <laughs> Nick Earl, the uh, former big dog of Melbourne Uni. Uh, <laughs> no, he's still a big dog down there. He was in town. We had, yeah. A bunch that had run and one or two that hidden and 
the majority ruled there and we said, nah, let's let's keep it flat. So we didn't actually do the big hilly loop. We actually stayed flat. And I was thinking, yeah, just off the back of uh, 12K cross is pretty, you know, it's pretty intense on the body and you know, after the race and then coming into some some races coming up, obviously Ekaden this week and then another one, Goldie's just um, probably time to take stock and not not push the boundaries too much. So, yeah, had a big crew, got it done. Um, and then, yeah, was well recovered. How about you, mate? Yeah, just uh, it actually went better than expected. I always fear the worst um, the day after a race heading out for a long run, but then we ended up averaging a tick under five-minute Ks and it was super foggy. Um, got, we got out early, as we tend to do, myself and Anna, and... Um, uh, I think it may have been around six <laughs> that we started. Um, and, yeah, just went and did sort of 90 minutes. Um, and, yeah, just really, really thick fog. And I think we got about 14 or 15K in and just around the, the back of the lake here in Shepparton. And um, over it, just pulling out from the triathlon sheds was this really slow-moving car, like just dodgy. Anyway, we sort of kept out of the way of it. Um, but like driving literally you know, 15Ks an hour because he sort of pulled up alongside us to look at us um, and then sort of got back on his side of the road and kept going anyway. Mm, that's a bit creepy. Uh, I don't know what it is. We always find something weird uh, on our is runs. And, you guys, is that, are, you, are you attracting the, the uh, creep? Look, some, some, some people would, will say that I am a bit weird and that's okay. I, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, but I don't know what that. it is. Yeah. yeah hey why not we're all unique but um yeah. you know, i don't know what it is but anyway about um he's gone and parked his car in the aqua moves car park which is about 150 200 meters further up and he's got out wearing this ugly jumper and it was a christmas sweater jumper um, <laughs> it was pretty horrid and he's got his got his dog out of the car and he's going to take it for a walk and We've gone to run past and he's made a beeline for us. Like, oh, oh, anyway, what's going, yeah. what's going on? Anyway, he's come over and um, I can't remember his exact words, but it was something like, oh, I don't mean to tell you what to do, but maybe don't run on the roads, you'll get run over because <laughs> <laughs> it's dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, by this stage, I was, I was a bit a bit grumpy, I think, because like, <laughs> I, I just don't want to be accosted by weirdos on a Sunday morning at nah. 7 o'clock in the dark. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, like I just thought, oh, mate, you, you, you're in your car down the back <laughs> of the lake driving real slow. Yeah. There's no one else around. Like, one, what are you doing down there? What are you like, doing there at 7 a.m.? on a you, you shouldn't be down there in the first place. And there's like mm-hmm. it's pretty much where people um, go and do dodgy <laughs> shit anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I didn't have anything witty to say to him or that, but um, essentially the last word was off. And um, look, not particularly proud of my response, but um, it pretty much summed up how I felt at the time. <laughs> just, just leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, and I and it was just giggling. Um, <laughs> she couldn't believe what was going on. But um, yeah, so that was our Sunday run. That was our Sunday run. I think we yeah, ended up running about 18K at um, you know, tick under five minute Ks and pulled up not too bad. Um, and then Tuesday, Tuesday it got better. Um, we always sort of joke, you know, Tuesday is pretty much our weird day of the week where we just see yeah. something unusual, whether it's, you know, people sitting in cars at stupid hours in the morning because we, we start our Tuesday run at quarter to six. So yeah. it's still it's still early enough to catch people doing stuff that you think that <laughs> they think there's no one around, but little do they know. 
Yeah. Um, you guys should be anyway. undercover or you should be working for the cops. Well, mate, there might be a bit of detective work going on. <laughs> but um, I don't know, we would have been about seven or eight k into our run and it was raining. Like it was not heavy, but it was heavy enough that you just know there's not really going to be anyone else out there. Like no cyclists, um, no one else going for a run and really like no one's going for a walk. And one of the, we're having a bit of a joke, like it was quite still, but it was raining and um, I can tell like it, it's sort of hardcore conditions because not even that weird guy with the dogs out and about. <laughs> like, this, this sort of tall guy, um, he's got this big Alsatian anyway, about 30 seconds later. And we've never really spoken to this guy. Mm. About 30 seconds later, he's bobbed up. So I've got my head torch on and he was wearing this high-vis jacket. And we just had a bit of a giggle like, oh, geez, there you go. I wouldn't know it. Anyway, he stood off the path. And I'm um, sort of called out well in advance, like, morning. <laughs> and like the first time he spoke, and it was this real deep, good morning. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. And like, he's holding his hour station, mate. Oh. And um, I'm like, nervously, oh, how are you going? And he's like, really good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. And me and Anna were just freaked out. We were scared. And then I thought, hang on, I'll change that. I was scared. Mm. Um, I can't speak for Anna. But I've just turned and looked at her and sort of shone my head torch in her eyes, which probably wasn't the smartest thing to do. Um, but I've gone, I've just whispered, run. And <laughs> we've just both taken off, like literally just taken off and got so out of there. And all I'm listening for footsteps. Um, like, is this guy going to run after us? Like, he just sound yeah. like a full on creeper. And look, if he's listening, I'm really sorry. But that was just, <laughs> it was and really if, scary. If we are getting these kind of creepers listening to us, I don't. Uh, we, we it's not that something's type of wrong podcast. with the show notes or <laughs> no. what <laughs> it's not that type of podcast guys like find something else to do with your time but he like he's quite a big man and like because he was standing off in the mud like Anna didn't want to turn around because she didn't have a head torch on couldn't see him and I didn't want to turn around because I was moving slow enough as it was I wasn't gonna <laughs> I didn't want to like I was just listening for footsteps and the first I just heard these two big heavy footsteps as soon as we went past and Look, benefit of the doubt, he probably was just stepping back onto the path to walk the other way. But for all I knew, he, would, he just pulled an axe out of the tree and he was going to chase us. So we, um, we, we put a, a good solid, I'd say, probably 60 to 90 seconds surging. And we sort of got towards the end of it and I was pretty cooked. The legs were still very heavy and I've just gone down and he's gone, isn't he? He's got to be gone. And she's gone, yeah, yeah, all good. So, yeah, we slowed down and just, like, laughed. We couldn't breathe. We were just laughing. Like, oh, my God, what the hell happened there? And um, anyway, we got back. So that was the end of that adventure. We got back and this um, neighbour who we suspect is hiding from her husband, mind you, it is is pissing down with rain (laughs) by this stage. Like it it is belting down. Um, So anyway, we sort of saw saw it come out. We've walked back and she's dressed all in black, sneaks around into the garden and about 15 seconds later, we can smell this smoke wafting down the road just giggling to ourselves and um like but she was out of there that quick like mate, i don't i don't know too much about smoking i'm like how the hell did she do that that quickly it's like she'd eaten half of it or something but anyway um she's tucked back in and gone back inside to get out of the rain I'm like oh it's just really weird like it's pouring with rain and you're trying to hide it or what like just out into the garden and yeah like we're fascinated we want to know what's going on uh, we're not brave enough to go up and ask like why are you out in the pouring rain in the garden with no umbrella but um yeah uh, anyway. but that was it that was our tuesday run and um 
Meanwhile, yeah. some of these people are probably on their own podcast talking about these two weirdos that go out running and uh, <laughs> oh, mate, head torches on and they <laughs> like oh, there's this skinny man wearing these bright fluorescent colours, yeah. um, you know, four degree weather. Like, what's up with that? Um, you know, it's like on the Better with Stalking podcast or something that that guy's on. But um, yeah, oh. anyway. Um, what, what yeah. I'm getting from this, Chris, though, is mm. um, when I get invited to go up for a run with you, um, mm. yeah, let's run in the day. Let's run in sort of normal hours in the daylight and potentially <laughs> maybe <laughs> with a few bodyguards or something. Yeah, it's sort of like it's things that, things that are happening these last few weeks. Like we had the screaming at the boat um, yeah. and then we had the, the guy, the creepy guy with the dog. Um, I know the second guy with the creepy dog. Um, it was actually funny that um, Thursday um, in race week, we were running along and one of my mates, or actually one of my athletes, Laura, her husband, Stu, goes to the botanical gardens and likes to do a bit of a fitness workout around there. But um, his dog was running around and it's a real um, energetic thing. And um, it's sort of running around, shaking its head. But I like it was shaking its head and its eyes were reflecting red. Oh. Uh, because it was shaking its head i thought like this thing like there's this possessed animal <laughs> running around what's going on and i thought like maybe it was a giant hare or something and it was going to run off through the fence but then it doubled back and started chasing us and i've screamed thinking that there was this um rabid dog or like something chasing us but then we we found Stu and he was doing push-ups in the dark um on the concrete <laughs> under a shelter <laughs> like oh hey Stu, how you going <laughs> we found your dog but um, yeah, like seriously, I think just about every single run that me and Anna go on, something odd happens. Like it's it's great. We're never short of things to talk about. It's I was, amazing. I was going to say, it's a lot more exciting than when I'm doing laps around the town and there's just, you know, packs of people in Lululemon and um, <laughs> walking around with <laughs> designer, designer active wear. Then um, yeah, definitely not that scary around the town. Nah, mate, if you ever want to have a... Um, a sort of easy effort run with a few highlights pop pop into Kyla. we do start early yeah. but you're most welcome <laughs> yeah good for the heart rate get the a few spikes going oh mate i've had to stop wearing the, the chest strap because it made it it's starting to make me look like i'm unfit <laughs> all these yeah. heart problems and you'll be sending you a few messages after some of these runs going what what happened here at yeah, just, just tone it down <laughs> All right, speaking of Andy, it's, uh, what are the orders for this week? I know there's Eckerton, the Benny Go Bats will be going around uh, St. Anne's. Mm. But uh, also, you know, big fish to fry at Gold Coast for you. What's what's the take from the big fella? Yeah, so um, I'll be a scratching from the relays this week and also from Sandown the week after Gold Coast. And, oh, yeah, um, so there's a race after Gold Coast. Jeez. Yeah, like because you, you you literally can you know four well for you five consecutive weeks you'd have Launceston, Cruden Farm, St Anne's, Gold Coast, and Sandown. Mm. You know five weeks a row in a row yeah, of racing, yeah, yeah. and um, like I, I'm probably right at my limit backing up sort of two and three weeks apart. So mm. doing three or sort of yeah three and three weekends would ruin me. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm You're, gonna use that time to just recover a bit. For sure. And you've also got the travel element to add in there. Like that's a it's a whole big, big chunk out of the day. And that you can't underestimate when that takes out of you, I think. 
Yeah, like even like just Cruden Farm, we um we left here a bit after seven a.m. and didn't get back till sort of six thirty, quarter to seven that night. So mm. um yeah, like it's a huge day. It's, it's a big day. Huge day. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, no that that makes sense. And then you you'll have a few obviously you, you'll just have workouts rolling in there, and and you, I'm assuming you've got something locked in for uh, this weekend's workout. Yeah, at this stage, um, Andy's got programmed three by five minutes at half mm. marathon pace with a two minute jog recovery, and well, sorry, half marathon effort, not pace. Um, and if I feel decent, I can do the last five minutes at ten k. So he's got that programmed in there. Um, I'll see how I feel. Um, if I'm a bit heavy in the legs, fair chance I'll just run a little bit easier than that. Mm. Um, so I'll do something that's quicker than a jog. But, um, yeah, we'll just sort of wait and see what that looks like um, for Saturday. And then Tuesday of race week, um, I'm going to do three by one k. So just three 1K efforts at 10K with 90-second standing recovery and then three by 300 at 5k effort with a minute standing so uh, like it's just it's just a little bit of quicker running it's not anything that's going to really beat me up um, but once again sort of with the caveat that so long as I feel pretty good I'll go and do that one and, and if not I'll probably turn that into a shorter run with some strides but um, yeah that's what we've got set at the moment. No, they're good good tune-up sessions mate or you know as they say the haze in the barn you're you're ready to roll for that uh, for that half. Yeah, no, nah, looking forward to it, mate. You'll um, you'll go around at St Anne's this week in the Ekaden. Yeah, not sure what leg, but I think just yeah, get another strong run in. I'll just been jogging off the back of that twelve. I'll do a, a mona tomorrow on a fart leg, and that'll be enough. So just sort of topping up in between the weeks, you know, keeping the legs going. I've been under the pump with work. I've been pretty um pretty flat out so i'm trying not to burn the candle both ends you know when you've got races in there you've got a lot of outside stress going on you just want to keep rolling keep keep uh what do they say keep the ball rolling yeah and, uh, not bury myself like i think you can get um caught up just chasing sessions um when you're just on the edge and you know probably Went the hard way over the years. Yeah, maybe the time at the moment is just to, you know, bank a bit of extra sleep, get the recovery and, and not, um, yeah, not get too fatigued. And I think these races, yeah, that, you know, it's still a lot, as, as, you know, not working into them and then finishing them strong. It still takes the same amount of effort out of you. You're not, you, yeah, you end up feeling it at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> Christo, new segment you're going to kick off. Yeah, so um, this week, so we've got Run to PB Heroes. Um, this is where we want to try and shed a bit of light on, I guess, some of our unsung heroes, but people who, you know, they've got just a, a remarkable story. Because I think, you know, of all the runners that we've got, certainly hear about plenty of people who uh, run PBs or do races and all that sort of thing. Well, um, this week, we want to have a bit of a chat about Joe from Melbourne, one of Sophie Fitz athletes, don't we, mate? Amazing story, this one. Like, yeah, so I've sent this through. We're obviously in touch with all the coaches and we hear a lot about our, like you sort of said, a lot about performances, but we also hear, you know, a lot about what sort of people are, are doing on and off the track and maybe what they're going through on and off the track. And Joe's, yeah, wow. Like off the back of, you know, 
last year and you know or the last few years and it's you know we've all had some tough times and then you hear about joe's story where 2020 yeah this year she's been recovering from some third degree burns yeah and they've they've included like some real long some stints in hospital and you know no one likes going to hospital at all and when you've got something like this going on it's uh enormous amount of stress and obviously dealing with that so all that time in the in and out of the hospitals skin grafts and the, the rehab that goes into when you've got these this kind of uh these burns like it's it's full on and what joe's been able to accomplish off the back of that like throw in there she actually got COVID as well just for good measure and then also moving into state so like she just had everything thrown at her and she's just been on the return to running and hoping to line up at Gold Coast but I know just from hearing Soph talk about what she's been through and how she's just been so resilient and just yeah and, and positive and just getting out there I think it's it's really awesome that what Joe's been doing. Oh, mate, just absolutely phenomenal. I think um, some of us don't go outside and run when it's raining because you think, oh, don't Mm. want to You know, here's a lady that's chipping away through, you know, just I can't even, I don't know about you, mate, but I've scalded my hand on some hot water under a tap and that's bloody painful. Um, Yeah. You know, and that stings for days and it's it's unbearable, but... You know, here's a lady who, um, you know, third degree burns and skin grafts and that, like that's just agony. Like it hurts just thinking about it and to go through all that and tackle COVID and still want it, you know, she's still chipping away at her running and mm. like just doing the absolute best that she can. That's bloody inspiring, I reckon. Absolutely. Like it's hard for uh, to put context to it in a way because we know we're sitting here off the back of running crude and, you know, <laughs> just cruising around in sun and just, you know, everything's, oh, yeah, we're a bit tight after it, ran, ran the Sunday run, kept the flat. And, you know, this is someone who's going through that. Like it's just, yeah. And now she's she's getting out the door, returning to the running. And, yeah, that's, that's a really, really inspiring stuff from, from Joe. So, um, yeah, hopefully. And, and it, you know, she's on the upward trend whether she gets to gold coast but there's this looks like that there's plenty in store for her for the rest of the year and things the tide's turning in uh 2022 for her yeah and you know for joe she's that she's using her running as it's one thing that she's got that she really looks forward to just to be mm. able to get out there and get back into it and you know she's one day at a time just working back to getting back to her best for sure mate talking about best Big PB from our man over in Bristol, John Cox. We've spoken about John a few times. It's uh, John's got single malt marathon as podcast. He's also a coach at Run to PP, and he's also coached by Brady. <laughs> so he's in the sort of same boat as you, mate. He's um, yeah, he's he's got a Run to PB coach, but he's got his um, he's got his. This uh, crew of athletes over all over the world, actually. He's got a few over in, in England and he's got a few down here. So, um, yeah, what a run. Brady sent this through. He's cracked 10 minutes sub and, and he did it pretty bloody well. He ran 9.50. So Super even race fun. too by the, yeah. by the looks of it, having a look. Um, got out pretty strongly. First, first lap was a tick under 80 seconds and then, um, just a bit of a steadier on the second and then yeah just slowly kicked it down and, and finished yeah, with a little split. negative split 
geez, he got rolling, didn't he? And uh, closed with a 36 uh, second to, yeah, last, last 236. Absolutely. Come home, come home like a freight train. And we've seen John doing those strides. So we know that um, the leg speed is good. Yeah. Um, after those videos with Andy. So I think no, John is the only guy to have beaten Andy in a stride. He probably got the one zero against Andy overall. I think he's done better than anyone else in Australia. Mm, I know that um, if Andy's over for the Commonwealth Games, he is going to be looking for a rematch with John. So um, <laughs> that's pretty much what he's putting his um, cross-country training towards, just down to even the ledger there for the big time. <laughs> and John's partner, Kelly Dix, also host of Single Mile Marathoners, smacked out a PV. So John coaches Kelly, uh, <laughs> which is which would no doubt be a, um, a fun setup <laughs> as you can probably attest to Christo. Yeah, no, a great run from 10.34, I think she ran, wasn't it? Yeah, so a big PB, first lady in the race, what a run. Yeah, awesome stuff. I think um, just having a look, like, did they, were they in the same race or did they have um, separate guys and girls races? Because it says, like, on his Strava, it says that John ran with Kelly, but maybe she was doing a warm-up. Possibly. Uh, yeah. We'll clarify that, but I reckon, yeah, it looks like they were in the same race. Mm. Over in the Bristol, what is it, Bristol Opal Open Championship. So, yeah. yeah. Late start, too, nine, nine o'clock at night. Mm. No, that's, it's awesome to hear from those guys, and I know we've got something in the pipeline with them uh, in the future. So it'd be, be cool to catch up with them. Um, another quick round the grounds. Maddie, Maddie sent this through, Coach Maddie Davey, who is um, adapting to dad life at the moment. He sent some info in about Jenna Truman's run, actually, at, uh, in Brisbane, Roadrunners Champs. When she signed up, she'd run just under 51 minutes. She's now brought it down to 48.24. So a huge PB for Jenna. And, uh, yeah, Maddie was stoked with that. So, uh, yeah, big run from Jenna. Uh, that's awesome. Like pretty much where are we taking two and a half minutes um, out of the PB? Thank you very much. You've got to be happy with that. Yeah. And even, even, I think um, for Jenna, just running at sub 50, that would be a huge milestone for her as well. Definitely, mate. Yeah, no, that was a awesome stuff from Jenna. Hey, um, we actually missed one of Maddie's athletes that was at Crude and Sarah and Sarah's be featured on the show a few, few times. Sarah JMR, mate, she was thrown in the deep end in the uh, first run at AV, and then they said to her, "Hey, jump in the front pen for Collingwood. You're going to be in the top five. And and we were just talking about earlier how how uh, much carnage there was at the start of that uh, that mixed race. Had a blast, banged it out of the, the gates, and uh, yeah, loved the experience. So yeah, it's it's been cool to see some athletes, um, yeah, moving into the XCR season and, and having a crack at it. So, uh, Sarah smashed out the Great Ocean Road sixty k. So you know, going the road, Great Ocean Road onto Cruden's uh, quite a different uh, setup. It'd, it'd be interesting getting Sarah's thoughts and like how tough she found cross country relative to that 60k because obviously two different types of intensity um but like given her leg strength um from the hills and, and the ultra world yeah well suited to cross country i'd reckon yeah she does does a lot of running with sophie fit so uh, i'm sure Sophie gave us a few uh 
few tips leading to that one. Mate, Gold Coast Marathon. It is fast approaching. We've been chatting about it for a, for a while, but uh, it, is, it is getting very close that uh, we're starting to talk flights and we're starting to talk catch-ups and yeah we thought we'd, we'd have a bit a bit more of about a bit more of a chat about maybe some uh race day tips and a bit of a training discussion on that yeah absolutely mate let's get into it hey um chris i was actually i was on the uh, gold coast website i was just sort of crawling around looking at some start times and all the rest of it and then i stumbled across some of the history of the event and um 1979 was the first event back um, a Victorian won it. So there's a bit of an omen for us. But how many people do you reckon went around in the uh, the first Gold Coast Marathon? Oh, off the top of my head, uh, maybe 500? Yeah, nah, nowhere near, mate. 124. No. <laughs> <laughs> 124. So they've put this event on, they've, you know, <laughs> And oh, that's got regional fun run written all over it. Yeah. That's park run. But to give you some context, 2019, they had 5,700 people. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it's like from little things, big things grow, don't they? Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Crazy. Like that first event, yeah, they obviously just, I mean, that's, you know, we're talking the late 70s into the, into the 80s with that marathon boom coming or the running boom. Um, and then, yeah, off the back of that, though, it, it got a bit of hype uh, coming off that 1979 because in, in 1980, uh, a young Andrew Lloyd ran the, the, uh, went on to, to win it in 223. And uh, 10 years later, he was a 5,000-metre gold, um, gold medalist at Auckland. You've seen that race. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> one of my favourites on YouTube, that one. That's, yeah. gotten a few, that's gotten a few replays in our house. <laughs> Mate, the pro, I was just reading um, the proceeds from the 1980 event also enabled a 26-inch colour TV set to be donated to the Gulf Coast Hospital. So, um, yeah, gee, they've come a long way um, as, we, as we head in towards this uh, massive event on the, uh, the running calendar because... It's, it's basically known as, um, you know, the pinnacle of running events in Australia. It's a famous for a fast, flat, scenic course. But also, mate, they, according to the website, and you probably can't fact check this, but uh, 60% of the participants have achieved uh, personal best. Goal <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's a big goal. <laughs> that, that is a big call. Uh, I think there was politician in america over the, the last few years he used to like to call those true facts <laughs> yeah. um, so um look we'll run with that that sounds fantastic um, yeah but yeah i don't know that there's any way that we can actually check that but um, <laughs> let's go yeah. with it. I, I, it's on the website so we'll um we'll, hey we'll if it's on it. the internet it's got to be true yeah, it's got to be true yeah uh mate just a sidebar on the the metal i know everyone there's the finishes medals and like we were starved of races and there was virtuals and now we're going to get race medals again. And I know a lot of these majors are now doing these sort of reveals. I don't know if you've noticed that over the past few years that um, Gold Coast revealed their medal well, it was a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, we'll, 
included in the show notes, but there's a bit of a story around the significance of the medal. Um, yeah, they've actually, you know, engaged with the traditional owners and uh, they've designed it with a couple of facts and uh, like a couple of the artwork essentially has real meaning. And the two of the two of those meanings, um, and you can see in the artwork uh, when you have a look at it, is one of the bits of yarn in there has got uh, a place of meeting. And um, yeah, it just says a place of meeting. This is a country where the people of uh, Yagamba language, the traditional owners, all enthusiasts merge to put their feet on sacred ground to participate, have fun, compete, champion one another and yarn about their life experiences. So really, really cool, um, significant meaning around that medal. And then there's another part on the medal uh, that you'll see in the illustration on the medal that's got ebb and flow. And um, yeah, talks about sort of life and the enjoyment of um, with our fellow human, just like the ebb and flow of the ocean, rivers and life we all like to share community. So yeah, pretty cool the way they've um, they've done that, I thought. Yeah, and I love the thought they've put into this. I think traditionally um, a lot of the medals that you get from races, you know, and especially locally, you know, I think it's just really just been a token heavy shiny disc with a ribbon mm. in it um, that, you know, you give to the kids to play with or, um, you know, you just go and put it in a box and that's the end of it. You don't see it again. But, you know, this one, uh, this, I love what they've done here just to um, add a bit of connection to the area and something that I think people look at and really take something away from. Um, yeah, big, big kudos to the, the organisers of the Gold Coast Marathon for, for getting this done. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, I looking forward to, to checking them out in the flesh uh it's a big re weekend schedule mate so saturday you'll be going around at the half that's at mm -hmm. 6 a.m yep uh got a couple of junior races off the back of that there's a 5k at 10 o'clock uh and then on the sunday we're at 6 a.m for the marathon and 6 30 for the 10k your thoughts around just as we chat about preparing for race day and having a look at those those race times and things like that. Um, what are your what are you thinking in terms of how you set yourself up? Race morning, night before, getting stuff laid out. Like, is that uh, what? What is some of the things you typically go to? Yeah, I think for me, um, I always have my kit ready the night before. So that's things like making sure my bibs already put on my singlet, um, everything that I'm going to want to take in a bag to the start line or have for when I finish, I make sure it's in the bag before I go to sleep on the night before because when I get up the next morning, I'm that nervous. Like I just can't think straight. Yeah. So um, it's just it's one thing that takes the stress out of it So I think, you know, I might, um, if I was going to leave that to a sun, a, you know, a race morning and say I wanted to make sure I had a gel in there, it's probably, I'd probably go and make sure that I had my gel in there three or four times. Oh, 100%. Um, just I, to yeah. reassure myself that I've got it. Whereas I know that if I've got it all done Saturday night, I go to bed knowing that those jobs are done. I think I'll probably sleep a little bit better. And mind you, this is just a personal thing, um, mm. but I'll sleep a bit better and it's less wasted energy um yeah even, a, even as well yeah even having a really basic checklist 
You know, if you're doing the marathon for sure, having it written down and, and it maybe write it during the week of uh, not, you know, so you've, you're, packing, you're having it, making sure you've got it before you fly out or, you know, if, you, if you're in Queensland, um, you know, a couple of days out. So you've mm. kind of got that, almost that shopping list, that checking list, and then you can just tick it all off and then put it away and have it set up and set set aside on that, you know, day, two days out. Like just you want to minimise any of that stress. I know you're probably going to go back and check it every, you know, three or four times that morning anyway. Sure. But if it's already there, you, you know, you're just checking it off and going, okay, yep, everything's there. Um, yeah, I think even, you know, just something like doing the logistics of the race morning. So I go, I, if the race starts at six, I probably want to be there by five. Mm. Oh, how long is it going to take to get there? Oh, it's probably half an hour by tram. So that's 4.30 at least to get on the tram. Uh, what, how long is it going to take me to get up, get some food in? Like, oh, hang on. So all of a sudden you're probably looking at sort of a 3.30 mm. um, to 4 a.m. get up. But, you know, and even 4 a.m. is probably cutting it fine to, yeah. um, to, to get everything done. So, um, yeah, like just being really confident that, you know, uh, yep, the alarms are set. Um, mm. or perhaps in some people's cases, multiple alarms are set. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and just sort of, you know, doing the things that you know, um, you know, they're done, it's just going to try and take some of that mental stress. Because mm. um, I think, you know, quite a few of us probably get race anxiety anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the last thing we want to do is add to that. Um, you know, we've just been feeling like we're pushed for time to even get on the start line. Like, there's nothing worse than... You know, it's five minutes before the start time and you, you know, 30 deep in a toilet queue and you just think, oh, my God, there's, you know, I should be on the start line. I should be, I should be counting down the seconds until uh, the start gun goes off and, you know, um, you're lined up <laughs> to use the toilet. Even, I mean, we're just thinking about in terms of major event, this is a big one and there's a mm-hmm. lot going on. There's a lot of activity and there's that can be a bit overwhelming so you you do want to buffer time in so you're kind of just thinking yeah i don't want to get there and then realize oh it's packed here or you know i'm just trying to walk here or trying if you've got a hire car trying to find a park or something like that but yeah it can be a bit um yeah it's it's if you kind of first time at a big event um or you know you've done a lot of park runs this is quite different so you you want to sort of factor that in and and on looking at like you talked about yeah making sure you got your 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 route lined up to get there um checking out the course course maps i think it's uh the gold coast website has some some really um really good maps in there but also jump on the on the um, youtube there's some great footage of the course so yeah get familiar with the course so you don't have any surprises on the day as well yeah that's it i think the the better prepared you can be that the better it is for the confidence and you know look, you can still only control the things that you can but you know the, the more things that you get sorted out like that the less chance there is of something going wrong on the day mm. it does sound like common sense what we're saying and another lot of people who have raced will, will know this but yeah it just every time it comes around you just <laughs> and we've done so many races chris o, and you've just got to you've just got to keep going through these things and make sure you know you do tick all these boxes Oh, that's exactly right. So I mean, on race morning, adrenaline does funny things to the brain. Mm. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's not <laughs> uncommon to, you know, you turn up to, say if you're someone who puts their race shoes and their race socks in a separate bag, I guarantee mm. you there's people that turn up with no socks. 
Yeah. Or that they've only got one shoe in their bag because they got distracted or maybe they went to the toilet while they were putting their shoes in and all of a sudden they have no shoes. Yeah. Like it, th- these things happen. Believe yeah. me, they do. Um, you think of it, I guarantee you someone's done it. So oh, yeah. Yeah, we're just trying to, to mitigate some of the silly things that we, mm. that we shouldn't do. And race planning, you've got quite a few of your charges going around. I've got, I've got quite a few. Uh, I'll be chatting to them individually over the coming week but the big thing around race planning is yeah obviously there's some some athletes who have got time goals some are just you know we want to have a good crack and we'll just see i've got like all those things but i guess the resounding thing that we as coaches go back to is that um, you want to just back yourself in and, and be confident and be proud of getting to the start line. I think that, you know, particularly in the marathon where you just, you go through, you know, in your, you're down here in Melbourne, you've been building up in some uh, cold and <laughs> tough conditions. And now you get a chance to go up the Gold Coast, get a chance to get away from getting to some sun and also, you know, to get to a big event like this, we've, you know, haven't had for a couple of years. Obviously we had Melbourne last year, but just to embrace that opportunity. And I think, yeah, it's and when you chat it, you know, obviously when we're having a chat, we always try to look at like what we've where we've come from in that build up and whether you're having a look at the, the Strava and looking, reflecting on some of the sessions and saying, hey, look at what you've done and what you've achieved and you're ready to go. And I think that's the big thing you gotta look at um when you're when you come into these these um these weeks because you've you've done all the work and you yeah, you're gonna have a good crack at it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, particularly in the week leading up to the race, um, just for, you know, our athletes to to take some time to reflect and and understand that week. It's all about just trying to freshen up. Can't mm. get any fitter. The work's mm. done. Relax. Try and get as much sleep as you can. Look after yourself and put yourself um, on that start line as fresh as you can, and just give yourself every opportunity to get the, the best out of your ability. Yeah, and if you've got a race plan, Chris, and and you know we've we've all been in these situations. You get a you get a plan, and then race morning comes as your adrenaline kicks in, and it's like you get carried away, and you think, oh, maybe I can squeeze a bit more here, or the gun goes, and you're just that excited. You you've really got to stick to your guns and. <laughs> Don't get greedy on the start line and go out too hard. And, and you know, I think that's something I probably underline with my athletes that, yeah, you want to make sure that, you know, you do, you stick to the plan and we, we run through the field rather than, um, you know, trying to get out really hard and, and blowing, the, <laughs> blowing your gasket early. Oh, that's it. You know, as, as we know, like most, most, um, PBs are done with even pacing and a bit of a negative split. So mm. um, particularly the distance ones. So yeah, half marathon. And as you mentioned, like the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric on mm. the start line there. And I think there's something about um, Gold Coast as well, where you're sort of starting in the dark and it's not long before the sun starts to come up over the ocean and you've got the beach mm. there. And like, it's just a real party vibe. So it is, yeah. it is very easy to get swept up in that and get out a bit hard and, Probably something also for for us people who live in colder climates of the country that when we go up to Gold Coast, we notice the humidity a lot more. Mm. So, um, you know, we do need to be a little bit conservative starting off. Otherwise, um, 
you sort of get into that that red zone a bit early on and that spells trouble particularly over that last sort of third of the half marathon but in saying that like you got to also remember you know as, as the party vibes are there at the start mate if, if you're rolling in that second half you can really use that crowd and 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 lift yourself to get through the to get through those last few cases. So if you can hold back and go, okay, I'm going to draw on that energy later when I really need it, I think that's the time to, to utilise the, the energy in the crowd. Oh, absolutely, yep. For, for the push for the home, push for home when you're working your way through the three competitors, sort of as they're starting to get tired and mm. you know, you, you're working your way through and, yeah, just particularly that, how good is the last 1,500 metres of the yeah. coast where... <laughs> You know, you've got the crowd all along the, the highway there. They're sort of three and four deep and everyone's cheering and ringing cowbells and mm. out and out. And then, um, you know, you've got, you come into the, the main area where it's sort of, you've got the grandstand there and there's music pumping and yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's unreal. We've spoken about this before about the smiling on the course. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like seeing the volunteers, seeing you know young kids giving you cups of water, and you know make sure you embrace that, you know, and smile and use that energy to your advantage. And I think um, yeah, we've 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 banged on about Kipchoge <laughs> and he, he's smiling and how it can actually you know they've done some research and it uh, improves your running efficiency. But hey, if it's good enough for <laughs> Kipchoge, it should be good enough for us. But yeah, so just. Yeah, use that and, and smile out there and enjoy it. Um, and I, like, you know, you think back to some of the sections on the course where, yeah, things that you, you're going to go and, in, and we're talking probably the marathon here, we, you, you are going to go through some real mental challenges. Um, you know, the, the 31K mark, I reckon, is a, a, a tough spot because you go past the finish line. Um, to actually keep running and you go, oh, geez, I wouldn't mind turning off here. But um, yeah something like that where you just you want to have that in the back of your mind that yeah okay there is going to be some tough spots but what are the mental strategies i can draw upon i've done all the work i've practiced these in sessions um yeah so that that's something to probably consider for the marathoners yeah and i think it's like another challenge on the course there particularly that last oh until you get to the back onto the highway there's a seven or eight k stretch there it's pretty lonely because there's mm. not a lot of spectators out on that sort of, I'd say, uh, maybe 34 to 39K mark. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. For the marathon. So, you know, it really does take a, a fair bit of determination to sort of work through. Um, you know, you don't sort of, you don't have that crowd to spur you on in, in that spot. And that's when it does get really tough. So, um, but I'll tell you what, when you get when you get a bit close to home, that sort of, k40 k41 and, and 42 that's when it's you know it's, it makes it all worth it so yeah, yeah. um but no you're, you're quite right you get to 31 you can hear this the finish line and you know if you're someone sort of who runs around the three hour mark you're probably seeing the winners yeah go through the finish shoot at that yep. stage yep. and that can be tough mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh we touched on whether humidity and the weather we, you know, we, we hope weather gods are on our side, but um, mm. yeah, following that hydration, you know, getting that hydration fueling plan. And obviously you've, you've done a lot of work on, you know, practicing gels, knowing what sits well with you. Um, but yeah, 
just again, sticking to that plan, making sure you get it in, you know, in the marathon, get it in early. Um, yeah, you just don't know how it's going to come, how it's going to feel later. So you, you want to be sure that you're, you're topped up and, and ready to go. Oh, that's right. And especially in that second half of the race where your body will burn a lot more fluid and calories, it'll burn it quicker than you can put it into your body during the race. So, yeah, I don't, um, yeah, don't neglect that, especially early. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's exciting and it's uh you know as we talk about it you just think oh there's a big about a marathon there's um you know when you when you're talking with your coaches and you you're planning ahead yeah it's it's a big day but it's such a it's a it's an emotional day um the marathon is <laughs> it's just it's just that combination of all the work and the build up and then yeah if you've got family and friends there and just the way you you get to the line and you just carry yourself and you can just be so proud of your achievement. Yeah. It's, it's, as a coach, it's a, it's a pretty, very nerve wracking day to be honest. Like you just, you just want everyone to have a good day and enjoy it. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, particularly the marathon, you just want it to be a positive experience because mm. you know, um, you know, especially over that last third that it can go from really positive mm. to negative very quickly. So um yeah like it's sort of, and it's hard because it's it's out of your control that's as a coach yeah. as well like yeah, you just yeah. literally there's nothing more that you can do um, yeah. for your athletes and you know we do build a connection with our with our athletes as well mm. and we do want to see them go well so yes it, it can be quite nerve-wracking but um you know and for the athletes it's it's nerve-wracking for them like until that start gun goes and you know it's sort of it's all the what ifs and the maybes mm. and how is it going to be particularly if it's your first one yeah but um yeah once it goes and you're out there and you're actually doing it that's when the, you know the nerves start to settle and yeah you get to um you know go out and, and earn that reward you know for all the the months and and it's you know sometimes even years of training because there's probably people that you know they haven't in gold yeah. coast yeah, over the last couple of years and unfortunately it's been cancelled so um yeah here we are again we're heading up we're going to get on that start line and we're going to hopefully go and make some more memories and do something quite um you know something that we're all going to be proud of it's almost surreal when that gun goes when you've been white because there's just such a weight and then you're just like oh okay we're off now <laughs> yeah, we're up. Like, oh. yeah oh yeah okay yeah and it's it's almost calming like oh i can actually because you've been thinking through okay how am i going to feel and then it's like okay finally i can actually go and do it like yeah uh yeah it, it is it is a it's exciting time mate uh and we're gonna do we're gonna catch up aren't we mate we're gonna have a few uh, we're gonna be in the race village post half marathon nine yep, o'clock so on the saturday on saturday saturday nine o'clock and i think we're gonna meet on the lawn mm. right next to the presentation stage we're going to stake out the coffee van. Uh, there's a good spot there. Like it's, um, yeah, sort of a carnival atmosphere. And, um, you know, people who are running the marathon might venture down and say good day uh, or the 10, you know, or potentially they'll do their shakeout jog. I'll probably go and do my shakeout jog whilst the half's going or finishing up. And then, uh, yeah, so it'll be cool. We'll put some details on our on our socials and, and within the various groups to try and catch up with as many run to BB and the rest of the running community as um, as we can. Uh, that'll be awesome. Have we got um, any idea how many we're sort of expecting? 
I haven't looked at the latest because uh, we've got the team run to BB uh, event uh, team section. I was 50 or 60 in there, I reckon, uh, last time I looked. And then, yeah, there's a few that um, sort of missed, yeah, that are still going around but hadn't put their name under that one. So, yeah, good numbers there. But we have to be just cool to see everyone in, in the flesh after. It's <laughs> a few that have been interstate that we haven't been able to catch up with. So that's going to be awesome. No, it'd be fantastic. And, um, yeah, sort of first, um, well, yeah, just a, a chance to try and get the masses together. Um, yeah, I think whilst we had Melbourne last year, I think um, interstate travel wasn't sort of available for everyone still at that yeah. point. So whereas, yeah, now we're, we're all systems go. We are, mate. Um, and any uh, run to be coaches, there's a few that are going around in the event, aren't they? So... I reckon there'll be six or so up there. They'll be keen to, to catch up. So, yeah, it's going to be a big weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, even maybe a cheeky podium chance for, for one or two of them as well. Yeah, it could be a few on the podium, mate. Um, what else have we got coming up? We've got uh, merch is out, so it should have arrived or it's in transit. So that is happening. Uh, we've got... Sophie, we've got a lot. We've got two weeks away from Sophie coming back on. So we'll get the socials going on that. So maybe some questions. And we've got to catch up with John and Kelly as well. John and Kelly. Marathoners. Nice. So it's a bit in store, mate. And then, uh, yeah, next week, mate, you'll be, it'll be race week. We'll be chatting your final tune-up session. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be all systems go for that one. No, Tim, man, you've got another race this weekend to navigate yet first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Won't have to be looking over my shoulder this week, so I'll um, be able to just focus on ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, mate, you'll, you'll absolutely fly this weekend. Uni boys, um, you've got many of the uni team heading up to Gold Coast as well. Yeah, there's a good contingent up there, um, heading up there. Uh, so, yeah, a few of the for Maxis up there and um, Kiwi Steve's. Going around, or Doctor yep. Kiwi now. He's um, he's <laughs> his PhD. He's now um, known as the uh, the doctor around the tan at the moment. So he's going well, and yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be it'll be good catch up. A lot of a uh, lot of Victorians will be up there uh, enjoying the sun. Uh, good stuff, and um, cool. yeah, it's not long now, mate. Where are we? I think um, what ten days, nine days, ten days, and um, yeah. it's, it'll be start line time. It will be. Well, Chris, so it's been a it's been a big show, mate. A big wrap. Uh, you have definitely um, scared me off running around with you, <laughs> but I'm I'm really just hoping, yeah, you can get through this week without any um any issues with the creeps up there, mate. Um, I think it was winter solstice was it today or yesterday, so shortest day of sunlight for the year. Very keen to get a little bit of sunlight back in our morning runs because um, yeah. yeah, we. We don't typically get as many weirdos um, <laughs> when there's a bit more natural light. So, yeah, yeah, we'll no, bring that on, counting down the time. It's, um, yeah, we're probably a good sort of eight weeks away, I reckon, before we've got some usable light in the morning. Nice one, mate. Well, enjoy the workout and uh, we will chat next week and uh, have a bit of a recap. No worries, mate. Take care. Chat soon. Chat soon, mate. Catch up.